what strange erotic force was taking hold of the women of Peckham, California. What orgasmic ritual unlocked the hidden sexual appetites of these women? What changed them from everyday housewives into ravishingly beautiful women? What bizarre secrets threatened every man in town? And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy The Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. The Invasion of the B-Girls. However, there are three points of uniformity I would like to bring out. One, all the victims have been men. They've all died, apparently. And I'd like to stress the word, apparently, by overexhausting the act of sexual intercourse. Total sexual abstinence. Well, let me tell you something. Me, for one, ain't gonna give up a little pleasure I get from screwing my old lady, or anybody else, for that matter. Abstinence isn't gonna be anything new around here. Well, if I were positive it was going to kill you, I'd do it. The United States government sent their top investigator to Peckham to try and stop this sex-driven epidemic. But you were the last person to see him alive on the night he was murdered. All right. You might as well know. We bawled, and we bawled, and we bawled, till he dropped dead. of the B-Girls. Is there a man in your town who can satisfy the B-Girls? Rated R from Sequoia Pictures. Chris Honeywell is an internet loudmouth. Hey, you know what's erotic to me? Bees! They should make a movie about it. Hated and reviled by his few remaining friends. He catches the attention of Thomas DJ, perhaps the world's most cunning supervillain. Ensconced in his ultra-scientific hideout, with only his robot army and stunning assistant to keep him company, DJ springs into action. Now what is this idiocy? In Virginia, use the molecular transmigration beam to bring this fool to me! Virginia trains the hellish mechanism, and with a clap like thunder, and in a blinding psychedelic light, Chris Honeywell stands before his tormentor. Normally, I do not suffer fools, but I see beyond the yawning chasm of ignorance that is your brain and the endless sluice of sewage which is your mouth that they form a basic animal intelligence that I may be able to mold to my own devices. Uh, okay. Therefore, in my mercy, I offer you two choices. Instant painless disintegration, or you study grindhouse movies at my feet now! Choose!
I choose not disintegration. So be it. In one month, I shall assign you a movie to watch and will summon you again. Be ready, or the consequences shall be swift and merciless. Right, but how do I get to Now go! And thus began one of the most dangerous and unpredictable endeavors in evil sciencing. The Honeywell Experiment! Virginia, summon the subject! Sit. Oh, you think maybe I could have a beekeeper suit or something? We have an esteemed guest today. Up here. You a are, guest. Yes, a guest. And you, my little lab monkey, are to be on your best behavior. Are I always? Don't embarrass me in front of the the talent or anything. And and you will refer to her as Miss Thorne. Okay. Lear, she is a peer. Wow, this is unusual. This yes. you're acting funny, man. So yeah. All right, Virginia. Bring the lady in. Please, Miss Thorne, please. You can see everything is prepared. Please Hello. Please, uh, our uh, our servant will take care of uh, the food, and um, I trust that you enjoyed the film wonderful yeah uh yes thank you so much for that recommendation it was very eye-opening and, and in case you did not know lab monkey i'm chris honeywell miss thorn hello right. hi nice That's to right. meet you um did you watch the movie lab monkey oh i watched it I watched it. This movie's been on my radar almost all my life. To be fair, when I watched it earlier this week, I said this is definitely a Chris movie. It is. It, it, it is, is so in a, Chris a lot movie. of ways. We are talking about 1973's debut picture from Nicholas Meyer, Mr. Star Trek II Wrath of Khan, Star Trek II The Undiscovered Country, The 7% Solution himself, Nicholas Meyer. I was hoping you'd mention 7% Solution. That's one of my favorites. Nobody and uh, Time sex. After Time. Don't oh, yes. Time after, after Time. And nobody mentions his second Sherlock Holmes novel, which was not adapted to the film, to the theaters, which was uh, The West End Horror. I never heard of it. it, it I, was, I really enjoyed the 7%, 7 solution. 7% solution. It was, it was basically... Nicholas Meyer's version of the old trope of Sherlock Holmes versus Jack the Ripper. 
But we're not talking about any of those highfalutin classic films. We're talking about Invasion of the Bee Girls, 1973. And, uh, yep, it was something. <laughs> I've, as a little kid, I watched At the Movies with yes. Cicely and Ebert, and they would have their Guilty Pleasures episode every once in a while. Every couple of years, they'd have a Guilty Pleasures episode. And I always remember the episode it had uh, uh, the, i only remember two of the guilty pleasures from it but i remember them clearly and one was kill and kill again a kung fu movie yes i, I am familiar with kill and kill again and the other one was invasion of the bee girls which looked totally awful to me yes at that time at that age <laughs> i was just like this is just garbage what are they talking about what to is he be talking fair, about I, I think that the fact that Roger Ebert considered this one of his guilty pleasures. Says more about Roger Ebert than it says about the movie. Well, this movie reminded me a lot of the films of Russ Meyer at points. There were a couple points that were very Russ Meyer-y, which mm. would really that would see the. It had boobs in it. Roger see, see, Ebert. Hung that's out the with, only thing with I, I would definitely strongly, strongly disagree with you about it being Russ Meyer-esque. There, there was one p portion of it with, with, with people rolling around on a bed and the combination of the music. It, it, the, the, it was more the cinematography. The, the universe it occupied, nothing can occupy yeah. the same universe as a Russ Meyer movie. It's, I, I, I remember a writer in like Spin Magazine describing it as, you know, the exact, it, basically a, a world of beautiful, powerful women who just beat up um, weak, muscle-bound men and <laughs> completely, you know, run the world in basically the exact opposite of reality. And, so, um, and, and what are your opening thoughts, Miss Lorne? Uh, I agree that there were a lot of boobs. Yes, I'm wondering if this, if you messed with the algorithms lab monkey because it seems like we have a lot of pictures with a lot of boobs in them this year <laughs> this year we, it's been pretty i mean we we started out our first year with the last nudie musical so yes no but 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 we started out this year with the perils of gwendolyn in the, in the land of the yik yak yep boobs that had boobs that had yep. boobs then there was i'm um, not programming this thing man <laughs> <laughs> and there was I'm candy strike monkey. nurses boobs just come to you <laughs> yep and, and, and now we are sitting here after after our lovely time with the moon the moon couple um talking about a film where it was obvious to me that the production meeting went like this well we thought we'd do this kind of cool science fiction thing does it got boobs in it they were like, "Here's your, here's your, here's our request. This is the producers. Yeah. Every nine minutes, you have to have a naked girl in it." And then they gave it to Nicholas Meyer, and he said, "Okay." And you don't care about uh, anything else. Yeah, and and usually that's just, I mean, the cinematic um, formula for just a, a cheesy nudie m movie. But this has this. I mean. 
like this has like mad magazine type names like the first character's name you hear is grabowski which is a total sounds like mad mag this reminds me of like a combination of mad magazine and like a fake sc sctv movie that they would have on their monster movie thing but uh it, i i like this better than the stepford wives <laughs> well i mean the, the fact that the main character is called neil agar which i have to assume is um after john a, agar yeah is, is a nod to john agar played by of course uh motorcycle uh movie mainstay william smith who, who looks like the poor man's dick miller who he seems to be having a joy a, a fun time like, oh, I get to lead this thing and I don't have to get beat up? Okay, cool. Yeah, he does all the, He does all that. He gets a few punches, mm-hmm. but he does most of the beating up, that's for sure. That is definitely for sure. Uh, and it is definitely a film of the 70s. <laughs> I Like, specifically, <laughs> 73, 74. This, like, that time period was whacked out for some reason. I don't know exactly what was going on. and I, I know there was social turmoil at that time, but mm-hmm. 73 and 74 have just put out, uh, uh, the, uh, are just a fount of cheap, crazy, unhinged movies. And, you know... This is this is a perfect example. This is on the better end of it, you know. This is like, this has a, a higher level of writing, and the usual level of acting and, and nudity and stuff. But it has a, a added layer of wit to it that's that's fun. Although, I was seriously holding out for the B girls to win. Also, seventy three, seventy four. That's usually when, a, usually there weren't happy endings in those movies. It was usually the most. So I was just like, yes, this is how the B girls start their invasion of the world. And I was kind of, kind of disappointed. Isn't that implied in the end? Sort of, sort of, but I think that was just a cheap bird in the bees (laughs) (laughs) reference to say there's little birds in the bees going on right now. But, yeah, yeah, they they didn't explain it enough to to know if it could, you know, another bee could start it all up again. But uh, I was I was I was kind of holding out for the bee girls. Uh, the the bee girls were much more interesting people than than the rest of the town. And and when the when the housewives got turned into bee girls, I thought they were way more interesting, and they seemed to be having way more fun than in their normal lives. And I'm just like, yeah, 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 B-girl, that's the way to go. All it takes is one queen to start a new hive. Exactly. So just keep trying, B-girls. But but I'm sure you agree, Miss Miss Thorne, that um, workplace ethics have changed since 1973. Indeed, but it does depend upon the workplace. I, certainly, I have run into some issues um, uh, similar to um, the main character. Remind me of her name? Oh, that would be... I know the actress's name. Uh, Anitra Ford as Dr. Susan Harris. Yes. Um, unfortunately, even in today, in 2021, there certainly have been instances where 
um, start to speak, and uh, usually a gentleman in the room will just speak right over me. It, it felt very similar. Do they say, Iceberg? <laughs> yeah, that's right, you're a scientist. Was this movie an accurate de- depiction of the scientist lounge at a, at a major corporation? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I suppose it does depend on the corporation, but uh, usually things are very low budget. Yeah, it, it looked more like a um, an old school food court, to be honest. I, I think they used a local community college is what I, my <laughs> guess would be. Local community colleges are usually mm-hmm. cheap to film in. They're usually happy to just have you there, <laughs> even if it is Invasion of the B-Girls. <coughs> I am wondering why why bees? Like in the hypothetical boardroom, how did they come to bees? Because if if what they really wanted was every scene to have boobs, may, maybe a mammal, maybe something like that. But no, no bees. So was it, was it like, okay, we want this we want this movie to have boobs. Boob boob boobies. Is that somewhere, how they got it? I think somewhere somebody learned that one fact about the uh, the queen bee will give birth to two million eggs and just didn't learn anything else about bees. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> either either that that science documentary they show in the movie was the guy was watching that and it formed from that, or that um um piece of uh, reflective sculpture sculpture that she looks in. Somebody was looking at that and goes, "Wow, that looks cool. That looks like bee eyes." Yeah, yeah. Or somebody just came up with the title Invasion of the Bee Girls and thought it was such a great pun that they had to, that they just had to work from there on. We'll never know. Well, you know, this is about the same time that New World Pictures is doing its, you know, private nurses and its candy stripe nurses, which we saw three episodes previous. This kind of tops that, though. This puts it all in a better framing, I think. <laughs> I, there, is one peak, there is one sequence where I was like, we don't need that, and that was, of course, the rape scene. Which is... That did seem gratuitous. Yes. That is a theme in our movies that we watch on this show from that time period, because which, which movie was it with... Um, where they where they kidnap the husband where the the one girl meets the street street smart girl and you know she's like what you don't carry a gun she's like why oh, do you yes, carry a gun yes. she's like oh well you know just in case someone tries to rape me and she goes oh yeah that's a good idea as if you know as if in 1973 yeah. 74 it was just like oh yeah uh, you know well, you see, there were other re- there are other ways they could have shown that that Neil Agar was a badass It, it 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 more showed that he was kind of deaf. <laughs> yeah, she she's just around the the corner screaming and stuff, and he's just like standing outside the phone booth, just like I love that 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 like got to call Washington on the phone booth. Yeah, getting the call back. <laughs> so, um, do you usually have to carry armaments? When you're doing research, Miss Thorne? Uh, there have been instances. Um, I find 
carrying at least some kind of weapon has been useful for um, 14 foot zombies. Okay. Um, I, I generally keep something on me. Yes. I find it easy to bring a gun. See, I, I usually keep the lab monkey here to throw him in front of any bullets that come my way. So, I'm right here. <laughs> I'm, I'm standing right here. <laughs> so. Oh, that was awkward. DJ, you're you're, you're sweating. Um, I've never seen you sweat before. It's hot in this trade, must be. If you did not know what Nicholas Myers be- became after the fact, would you have would you have thought this is a film done by somebody who has a pedigree? <laughs> I like may I would have I would have definitely been like something is going something's going on here that's a little ahead of the curve of the usual like level of writing in this just the the very first scene with the with the you know the police officer sitting there going john doe and the the little the little motel guy goes john doe's a legitimate name sheriff <laughs> that is just grabowski it's just it was it's actually Grubowski, but Grubowski. Because I, I love how all of these uh, supposedly SoCal uh, personages have very, very New York accents. And just there was just wit to it. Like, yeah. even in the super cheapness, in the very beginning, it starts out super, like, awkward and, you know, just sort of scenes of people driving back and forth you know like official business type of time to get the government involved and and drive from here to there and it reminded me a lot of uh the early john landis movie schlock Mm -hmm. where they would just have all these repetitive scenes of the 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 car you know the police car driving from place to place with the camera swaying back and forth from the dun 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 music you know, hire three three military trucks to block off the whole right. town. You know, <laughs> I did appreciate their interpretation of quarantine. <laughs> now, They're like, no, let I... us out, let us out. It's like, dude, just climb over that hill, just walk over the hill and go around them. <laughs> yes. Go out the other side of town. You know, there's three trucks. It's all they can afford. And, and uh, what did you make of the scientific process on display? <laughs> um. Well, I am. Let me preface this by saying I I do love a good science fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, but there there was an enjoyable amount of um, science babble, where right. it didn't actually mean much. I, I'm still trying to figure out what the Greek yogurt was supposed to do. Oh, when they transformed into yeah, the bee girls, it gives her a new hairdo. Perhaps it was like beeswax, and they were trying to cocoon them. Oh, oh yeah, it was beeswax. Yes. Well, it it looked like Greek yogurt to me. Well, I mean, that's what it looks like when you go get a wax job. Not that I would know. Maybe too much information left. Yeah. No, that's exactly how they remove wax from the people's backs. I've heard. Yes. Or, okay. You know, hair from yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
So I, I just would like to know what the what the actual what they were actually doing. So they they, they shine a light. I guess it's supposed to be the radiation, right? Mm-hmm. And they they build up to this. Like, this is okay. This is something that always kind of doesn't make sense to me in these kind of films. They call it the invasion of the bee girls. So you know, coming in, there are going to be some bee girls. There better be. And, and and they build up to this big set piece where they turn one of the wives into a bee girl. And that is obviously their big their big sequence. So that sequence is, I think, the longest sequence in the entire movie, yeah. in the entire movie. It it lasts for about five to six minutes of this eighty six minute film, and it just looks like a. I mean, what was the junk? I guess the jungle gym was supposed to be a hive. Yeah, it's it really reminded me of a student film where like. <laughs> You know, they had ideas of what everything was supposed to be, but they had way low of a budget and they had like, yeah, some, some, some gear to set it up. Oh, I guess this looks like a, I mean, if you really wanted to do it, you'd build up like a giant honeycomb and stuff. Maybe, maybe even have some grubs in there, but you know, I'm surprised that like, Sometime in the 90s or early 2000s that this didn't get remade in a similarly campy style. Because during that time period, it seemed like that would have been, or totally somebody would have done a sequel to it or a remake. Actually, there was a period in the late 90s where New World Pictures had basically licensed the titles of some of their movies to uh, Stan Winston. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they made movies on, it was on Showtime. So there was like Earth versus the Spider. And there was The Day the World Ended and Teenage Caveman. I could see something like that happening with this, but this was done by some fly-by-night independent distributor. Yeah, like the 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 like yeah, the distributor is like three letters or something. It's totally shady. Right. ABL film. ABL. Or you know something. Production company Sequoia Pictures. Yeah. Distributor, but it was distributed by Centaur. Then um, Motion Picture Marketing, who retitled (laughs) this. Who retitled this in 1983 as Graveyard Tramps. Then, totally uh, inaccurate. Totally. totally inaccurate. Makes no sense. Then um, Embassy Home Entertainment picked up the VHS rights. Uh, then HBO Home Video had the, the, the rights. And it just goes on from there. But yeah, so it was Centaur. Yeah, everything sounded like, you know, an LLC just made, yeah. you know, to uh, by a bunch of dentists and investors to... Yeah. Um, let's see, what other what other titles was this known as? Or was that just the only one? That's the only one I've ever... I, I think I've ever... Yeah, no. Invasion of the Beat Girls and Graveyard Champs in America. In 
Um, Belgium, it was known as Zombie 20. Oh. Hmm. Um, let's see. Is there anything else that looks on you? Uh, USA, uh, also in the U.S., uh, it was also known as Alien Predators. <laughs> well, I, that's de that's definitely a yeah a post eighties yeah, name. I don't think there were neither aliens nor predators in this film. I don't think there was ever an indication that this was about that this was like an alien invasion. No, but they were definitely preying upon yeah. the local local men. And the honey factor. Oh. I like that. And it was it was released. That's almost like the that 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 maybe I almost want to change the name of this podcast to that. And it was released in Chicago on June the twentieth in nineteen seventy three. It had its premiere in Chicago, so um, that's probably where young. Well, no, he's not exactly. He wasn't exactly young because I think he was at that point already. Uh, doing movie reviews. Mr. Roger Ebert. Oh, the young, impressionable Robert, Roger Ebert. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, totally. There, there's a term for what Roger Ebert is that, that Russ Meyer um, coined, is, and that's a busomaniac. And that was, that was how they bonded. Ah. Russ Meyer was, was always a... What was it? What was it? What did he... How did he put it? He was always a fan of outrageous balconies. Right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, another one on my, um, on my list of shame is, um, um, Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. I've never seen mm -hmm. that. I, apparently, j j I think that, um, Nicholas Meyer knew how embarrassing this film was because he tried to get his name taken off of it. Oh no, no! Oh man! I mean, the as as what for what it is, they should be proud of it because it's be it's better than what it should be. It's 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 never not fun. <laughs> it's never not. You well, know, except I, for maybe I, that rape scene. That rape scene was not fun. That it was not fun, but it's it's it something. It did not advance the storyline. No, no. And it, but no. then we we come across this a lot in in our journey through grindhouse cinema, where they think that rape, a rape scene, is a way to advance the story and also show nudity, and it's a way of titillation, which of course it's not. It's kind of gross and horrifying. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's where you get the the friction between 1973 <laughs> and 2021. You know, yes. That 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 adds a lot to these movies is being just like, oh boy, right? <laughs> what a different world we live in. Although, you know, Invasion of the V Girls these days would be probably way more violent than it is mm -hmm. in this one, and probably have way less nudity too. Oh, uh, I just, I just have this hard just had this horrible image of don f glute doing uh a version of this don f glute the it was a dirty 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 man was he i i know he wrote a lot of science fiction he wrote a lot of science fiction and he is presently a filmmaker um you chris may be familiar for uh with him from uh 
a film that Red Letter Media reviewed once called Shark Exorcist. Yes. Yes. So he is his movies are very unpleasant. He's he's got credits in in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. But but he didn't direct that. So I think in those days the guy the you know the male like basically like our lead in this movie are just guys like Don Glute and and the, well, the and the Russ Meyer is, Don is making these films now as we speak. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean there there is there is a I mean and and like from that time period Fred Olin Ray is still making pervy movies, you know, and yeah. and it's still kind of a pervy guy. It's it was I think it came hand in hand with you know the type of people it was just sort of like the um Hugh Hefner lifestyle and that's what a guy was supposed to be like, you know. They were just, they all thought they were they they were all just like sort of sleazy guys who thought they were James Bond and Hugh Hefner mixed together. And I love how the fact that none of these guys even William Smith would either pass for Hugh Hefner or James Bond. And they all and they all you know had credits as photographers. <laughs> yeah. And that's how they usually got into being pervy is or you know that was their first tool of perviness mm-hmm. and I think the I think the Hollywood perviness has just re- retreated to like parties and the casting couch these days and they and they they keep they're they're smart enough to keep it out of the film <laughs> see I don't even think I, I think it's gone it, it, the, the casting couch is a thing of the past now well, for, hopefully, for, for hopefully good, you, you yes, would, for, one would hope. One would I, hope. I think, that, I that, think that, we're that in our first the, care of casting couch and the bullshit like that. Even I though think we're in the, the stages of it getting wiped out, but I'm sure you know, I'm sure there's some mini Weinstein's still out prowling about, <laughs> waddling around. Well, you know, my my friend Kelly Maroney. Um. She's in a film that I that I think we both we all love here called Chopping Mall, which was an early film by Jim Wynorski, who goes on to do a lot of softcore porn films such as The Bear Wench Project. Oh, geez, really? Yes, The Bear Wench Project, The Witches of Breastwick. Jeez, <laughs> oh, I appreciate um, these puns. Yes, yes, but 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 getting back to the. The thing is, apparently he wrote the part for Ms. Maroney specifically because he wanted to date her. And she said, what, are you crazy? She took the part, but she wouldn't date him. Later so. on, he could just claim it was a way of, of method acting and to get yes. the correct performance out of his actress. And, and I should disclose here on this podcast, we have, we did invite Mr. Wernorski on. And he politely refused. And maybe it's for the best. Oh, man. <laughs> so that's who passes us up. That's who, yes, Jim Renor- Yes, yes. Brian Trenchard-Smith says yes. Greg Lamberson says yes. Brian um, Trenchard-Smith is a gentleman. Yes. Graydon Clark says yes. Yes. Jim Wardnorski goes, no thanks. 
So, um, so, so how, how do you think, you know, they say there actually is a special effects person, um, attributed in this film. And I guess his main, um, contribution was doing that wacky set and also getting all those black contact lenses for everybody. Jack, black contact lenses, a little bit of uh, a nice um, lens for B-Vision. And yeah. That's about all you needed. You need And some hot wax. And, right. but, okay, but, and a lot of large sunglasses. And a lot, lot of sunglasses and lights. The, the funny thing is, is those sunglasses are kind of back in style now, aren't they? I think so. What I, I liked watching it because I remember like seeing the scenes from it, so I knew all the B girls had su- the sunglasses on. So I liked the early scenes in the movie before we knew about the B girls, and there were always women just walking around in the background with sunglasses on. I'm like, oh, there's one. There's a B girl. <laughs> so, what else is there to say about this thing? Well, it had the standard um, 70s sort of nudie sex in it where people just sort of rolled their bodies over each other. And, yeah. and actually, even the classic roll down a hill, we're going to roll. Yes. Those, are, those are some game actors right there that, that are just like, okay, we'll roll down this dirty hill here. And, and, and like... The, the the kissing where you can tell the actress is just like, oh, geez, yeah. here it comes. Like, basically, every, every, like, every, like, well, not every, but probably about 90% of the women on, like, the original Star Trek when, uh, mm-hmm. when Shatner would go in and they'd just be just sort of like, I'll just lock my lips up and we'll just, like, roll our lips <laughs> across each other because this guy's got, like, garlic breath or something. Yeah. There, were, there seemed to be a lot of that in, in 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 those movies. And I think we can safely say that this film did not have the cooperation of the military. If Probably so, not. That, that scene where we see a soldier abandon his post. Abandon his post to get killed like 50 feet away from the rest yeah. of the rest of the guys. <laughs> But you know those 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 helmets are thick, so it's hard to to hear through them. Now, another thing I wasn't clear on were they, were they sort of hypnotizing the guys, or were just the basically the guys just hypnotized by boobs? Because the one guy was like, "What are you up to?" And then she like shows him his boobs, and he just like arms fall limply to his side, and he walks over. I couldn't tell if that was like. A hypnotism effect or just actual I think that they guy. were hypnotized just by sex. Yeah, yeah. Just, just general boobs. guy reaction. Yeah, okay. It yeah, was I, the seventies. Yeah. And I also wonder, and you being a scientist, maybe you can have some insight into this. How do you determine sexual exhaustion <laughs> as a as a, a cause of death? I I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that that is an official cause of death. That's on what any, I thought. Uh, Office of the Medical Examiner form. Um, perhaps heart failure, perhaps... Yes. 
that it would probably be heart failure. Um, I can't think of what else would point to sexual exhaustion. Exactly. Uh, you know, I mean, maybe that they were uh, had obviously just had sex, but it's uh, yeah, it's and, and and it's fun watching also the scientific process in this with like the sheriff and a bunch of scientists go like, I don't know, you think it's a virus? I don't know, it probably yeah. not. You know, <laughs> okay, well, we'll <laughs> all right, well, well that's here we go. problem out. solved. See, see, that, that that sounds more like our recent administration in Washington, more like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except this was just a, this was like all happening. You know, this was small town Bubba Sheriff and stuff. So you, yeah. you sort of expect that. But yeah, our 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 pandemic wasn't as fun as the B girl pandemic. No, that's no. for and sure. I, I'd rather say I like the fact that the fat dumpy sheriff did not die. I yeah, I was sort of I. He was a terrible actor, but I liked that guy. I liked, I, I, I enjoyed his acting style, and I'm glad he resisted. He was the only one who was able to resist the B girls. The only one. And barely, though. He just barely got away. Yes. It was close. But, um. It's. It's because it's funny, because it's like when I saw him, I'm like, oh, well, he's going to die. Yeah, yeah, he's he's early on. That's what I that usually. Yeah, I thought he was going to go very quickly, but no, no, he gets to survive for. I don't know. Maybe they were planning on setting up a whole invasion of the B girl cinematic universe. It's it's amazing, the amount of time and effort and fundraising and set, quote unquote set design and stuff, that like, a bunch of middle aged dumpy men will go through to to <laughs> be around naked young women because <laughs> every I'm, i mean the only guys that were kind of young in this that look like like you know like possible dating were, were the rapists and yeah. here's another thing about the rapists what do you do in 1973 when someone tries to rape your girl you beat up the rape rapist and just let him go. <laughs> let him run. Let him run off. You're you're an officer of the. Or, you know you have. You, he, I'm sure he has the power to arrest somebody. Right. You would think he would want to just like haul him down to the sheriff's office and. Uh, sheriff, sure, these guys. Uh, no, nah, it's just like now nah, they learned their lesson. <laughs> and uh, for a town. You know, which is a bigger problem in in a small town, B girls or a wandering rape gang of locals? Uh, I would say that the wandering rape gang would be a bit of a more problem. You, you would think that would be sort of a red alert in the town, you know? Yeah. What also amazes me is the short time span that this film takes place in, because it's something like seven people die in the space of two days. I think this would be a good companion piece with uh, George Romero's The Crazies. Mm-hmm. So, um, if the B-Girls ever come back, Ms. Thorne, what would you recommend we do to protect ourselves from them? Oh, um, well, I suppose, uh, any kind of nicotinamide pesticide. That's ah. what's, um, ah. that's what's unfortunately calling our real world, or causing you, our real world bee problems. You know what? You know what? None of them smoked, and... And 
and the head B-girl actually told the one guy, I'm allergic to cigarette smoke. Oh, interesting. So that was either that was either some good research by the by Nicholas Meyer or just incredible dumb luck. I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt to, to Meyer because Meyer has Meyer proves later on to be a, a relatively he's a good writer. Smart. He's a very good writer. Yeah, he's a very witty writer. But like I I would have liked at some point somebody in a full beekeeper's outfit to show up if if, if it wasn't. If they remade this in the 90s, there would be a guy who's just like, I am the beekeeper. <laughs> like, now, you know, and they, 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 you'd see him tending the bees early on, and they'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, that's this old Crazy George, the the beekeeper. But then at the end, Crazy You're George. You're all doomed. He was, doomed, yeah, yeah. I say. You got to respect the bees. And, and then, uh, you know, he would come in with his full beekeeper outfit and one of those little, like, smoke puffers what was that he would just smoke them out because we had in the 70s we had this we had the swarm we had the deadly bees um the killer you know it's like there seemed to be a real phobia well because the mexican killer bees were 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 a thing they were like those murder hornets you know there were all these news stories about the the killer bees in mexico that got mixed with with African bees and they were both gentle bees and then they mated and, and formed this very aggressive form you know breed of bees that, that will attack you till you die and the reality of it is and I just found this out I just found this out this year watching a I don't know why I, I can't tell you why I was watching a beekeeping video but I think it was one of the videos where the people come to somebody's house and remove the, you know, remove massive beehives with a big shop vac. And, uh, but the guy was talking about how sometimes, you know, you have to take out a hive because you just get an aggressive, you know, they all come from the same, same, uh, so basically if you get a really nasty queen bee, a really ill-tempered queen bee, you get an ill-tempered hive. And they will just and they'll swarm and attack anything like killer bees. And it's just right. sort of a it's it's a so, sort of a so bee thing. If you get kind of a diva queen, yeah, or you know, or so, you know, or or just a queen that's just angry. You know, some people mm-hmm. are just or some insects are just angry. Some of them are more laid back, and mm-hmm. you can get get some nice mellow hives. You know, those are the ones you make beards out of. Others, you you close off the hive and you nicotine them out. That's what I've heard. So, um, <laughs> so some queen bees are just out there sh- shouting off their heads. That, that yes, this was basically just a boob delivery system. It was a higher quality boob delivery system uh, than most boob delivery systems. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll say that, and and like, and compared to today's boob delivery system. These are so that they're, they're almost quaint, you know. They're almost just like there's almost something desexualized about them and so bizarre that 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 was what like it's pre-internet days and that was mm-hmm. like guys would go like I'm going to go get us a, a salty, you know, sketchy thrill out of this movie this is some hot hot 
hot stuff here. <laughs> and it's like, it's just like, oh, she took her underwears off. <laughs> it's it's just so weird. And it's like, wasn't this when like the sexual revolution was taking place? And it's just so goofy. Well, yeah, I mean, it's one of the first lines is when um, the the assistant of our of our first victim tells uh, Neil Agar, "Oh yeah, we were boning. The wife knew about it. Everything. It's so swinging here, you know. Just because we're we're smart, don't mean that we're not sexual creatures." So that's the, that. Yeah, I never, you know, I never really thought of that. So at first I thought, okay, so she's a B girl too. So she went and had sex with with Grabowski, and then a no, 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 no. The 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 assistant to the assistant oh. to the first doctor, the one who is the the, the hero, the heroine of the film. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The one yeah. that ends up with Neil. No, she she didn't. She said, I, she, said, she said I balled him till he died, till he was dead of exhaustion or something. No, he was, she wasn't a B girl. They were turning her into a B girl. Who is she, she talk who is she talking about though? With that No, but I know that she's not a B girl because then why did they, they put her in the in the Greek yogurt? Yeah, no, she has regular you know, she has regular pupils and, and yeah. stuff. But that's I, I mean that's what I was thinking at that time. I'm like is she just admitting that she was the last one with Grabowski? And yeah, I I, I wasn't too clear on yeah. what was going on there. Well, I don't think anybody was clear on what was going on throughout no. this entire yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think people were looking for plot holes in this one. They no, were, no, no. Yeah. You, you you went to a film like this to for, for one reason. Um, yeah, well, to see boobies or to get out of the rain on uh, in uh, Times Square, <laughs> or, or or to spend time with your your significant other in your car and drive it. Yeah, yeah, this would definitely be like one of five movies at an all night drive in. Yeah. So I I had the lu- I had the the lucky opportunity as a kid i got to see one of those and i got to see uh um uh at the astro zombies which had santana yeah and 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 and, um hungry wives it was was but it was a very early george romero film yes yes uh mostly known as season of the witch but we we saw the hungry wives version of it Mm -hmm. about uh and that was really good (laughs) that was although uh, i think it was originally filmed as there's always vanilla yes you're right they they, they renamed it season of the witch uh to capitalize on halloween three they re-released it at the same time as Halloween three season of the witch in hopes that people would get confused. You would be almost just as well with either movie just walking in. So yeah, I, I I remember it was really good. It was, it was a very simple, just like a housewife and reject. It was sort of very much like actually like invasion of the B girls, except at the end, Mm-hmm. That that 
it was sort of a good thing that she'd sloughed off her housewifeness and became a a full-blooded witch. Okay. I thought that's my happy ending. So, so Elaine, would you recommend Invasion of the Bee Girls? Um, what what did you call me? I'm sorry. Did you call me Elaine? Yes, that is your name, is it not? No, I. Did you think you had my sister on? I'm Eileen. Ooh. ooh. Shush up! Shush up, lab monkey! What is even ooh. happening? Uh, as I was saying, do you recommend the film? <laughs> ooh, uh, super um, messed up. Uh, did have you been in contact with my sister? I've been looking for her. Um. Do you know where she is? Obviously not here. <laughs> Shut up! Don't make don't make me get make Virginia bring out the the laser whip on you again. Okay. Okay. I feel like there. such a fool. Oh my gosh. Okay. If you have any information on Elaine, I'm going to need to hear it, please. Okay. Well, uh, um, if people have 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 have, have information on on your sister, where um where could they 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 send it? I'm thousand you? percent here for this. You can send it directly to me, or or to my agent at Eureka Temporary Innovations. That's fine. Um, but how about we start with me? Um, well, this has been a landmark episode of the Honeywell Experiment. <laughs> um, well, since uh, since the mad genius is having trouble with his his uh, his words today. Where, where Virginia, would one get me the superpower drill? Uh, uh, quickly, where would one, uh, where would one find out about uh, uh, Eileen Thorne? Put the extra hurdy oh. bit on it. <laughs> um, I I've shared a lot of my field recordings with the Akadekaganagan Theater Works. Um, you can find some of them on the Two True Freaks Network. So there's stories about you? Yes. Yes, some of my field recordings have been um, I like I like stories. And, uh, and and be sure to put the spikes on the the hurdy bits. Um well this is usually the part where I get fi- like fired out of a cannon back to my lowly life. But uh yeah. Uh, you, uh, I, I, That's I, I, the don't, Yes, yes. I think I, I'm feeling kind of like a third wheel there. I, um, Thomas, I'm if just... If you will gonna, excuse me, Miss Thorne. I'm just... We'll be back in a moment. I'm just I going... After a little discussion. I'm just going to let myself out, and I think... I will go!
visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. Street player, don't be a street player. Do be a car sitter. Do be a car sitter. Don't be a car stander. Don't be a car stander. Do be a plate cleaner. Do be a plate cleaner. Don't be a food fussy. Don't be a food fussy. Do be a play safe. Do be a play safe. Don't be a match. Toucher. Don't be a match toucher. Sidewalk player. Sidewalk player. Car sitter. Car sitter. Plate cleaner. Plate cleaner. Play safe. Play safe. Ooh, I always do what's right. I never do anything wrong. I'm a rock room doobie, a doobie all 